Hello there, and welcome to the 18th episode of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. All right, so let's get into this right away. Now, for those of you who are regular listeners to this show, you would notice that I took a one-week hiatus, similar to baseball and all the rest of pro sports, this past week, because, uh, you know, we rewind to just over a week ago when uh, the NBA was the first professional sports league to suspend their league indefinitely, um, and then everything else followed suit. That 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 hit me hard, just like a lot of other people in this industry. And uh, you know, to to record a, a podcast about the Blue Jays a couple days after the fact. I, I just wasn't up to it. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't be able to do it justice. So I decided to take a week off, regroup, and, you know, come back this weekend and, and record this episode. And, you know, hopefully I can provide a distraction for those of you who need it, you know, to take a breather from this crisis that we're all facing in the real world. And, um, you know, I'm going to hopefully be creative and find enough content to talk about every week so that, you know, we, we can still have a, a bit of a distraction until all the other sports come back. And, you know, as of right now, we'll be lucky if we have sports again before the start of June. You know, uh, right now I'm basing all my opinions off of the eight week recommendation that the CDC gave about a week ago or two weeks ago and that would line us up to mid-May and because players are going to be shut down for eight weeks plus they're going to need some sort of spring training or exhibition games to get back into shape to stretch pitchers out once again so really if health officials say that it's safe to have public gatherings more than 50 people in mid-May, we're still probably looking at an opening day sometime in during the first week of June, which as a result will undoubtedly shorten the 2020 regular season schedule as well. But here's the thing, and I want to get into this briefly before I talk about the Blue Jays specifically, but right now, the regular season schedule is slated to end on September 27th. If the commissioner's office chooses to, they could extend the regular season into the first couple weeks of October and still have the World Series before December. Because right now, if you look at the schedule, if the season were to end on September 27th, you still have a full week in September to play regular season games. So you could do that, plus you could leak into the first few weeks of October if you want to, and instead of having, say, like, you know, one of the shortest seasons or the shortest season in Major League history, which is 103 games, you could instead probably stretch it out into 110, 112 maybe. And then therefore, you know, you only lose, you know, 50 or 52 games, whatever amount of games they want to play. And I think too, 
if they want, maybe they could shorten the postseason a little bit instead of having, you know, best four out of sevens in the championship series and the World Series. You have just three best three out of five like you do in the division series. But we're far too um, distant from making any kind of kind of drastic changes like that. So um, right now we just got to all focus on flattening the curve and making sure that you know we're not into July when opening day is going to happen. We we want best case scenario is opening day starts you know June 1st or something shortly after that. But let's let's refocus and let's get back on track to the Blue Jays. Now I was going to talk about a little bit about, you know, some of the spring training games that happened before Major League Baseball canceled the rest of spring training, but since we're over a week um, from those games happening and taking place, I'm not going to talk about those games because they're meaningless. They don't mean anything. So instead, I'm going to talk about what it might take to lock up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and how that might impact extensions for Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette. So let's get into that now. Now first, Vladdy, let's start with Vladdy Guerrero Jr. And first and foremost, I want to say that there isn't going to be any extensions made between now and opening day for Vladdy, for Bo, or for Cabin. This is not going to happen. Even though there's not a roster freeze on Major League Baseball right now, there's no way that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are going to get on a conference call or some you know sort of two-way call and talk to Vladdy, Cabin, and Bo. It's not going to happen. we got bigger things to focus on right now. And furthermore... There's absolutely no need to lock up Vladdy, Cabin, or Bo right now. Because all three players are seasons away, multiple seasons away from arbitration. So there's no need to even think about giving them pay raises before the 2020 season. Now that changes after this year. Because right now, Vladdy is slated to hit arbitration after the 2021 season. And because Cavan and Bo were called up later in the season, they won't have enough service time to be eligible for arbitration at the same time as Vladi. So therefore, Cavan and Bo will both be eligible for arbitration before the 2023 season. So that would be one year after Vladi. So based on that, it seems like Vladdy would be the one who would start negotiating a new contract with the Blue Jays front office first. And it could be a little difficult because Vladdy is an unusual situation. It's not like you're dealing with Acuna or Albies or Eloy Jimenez or Luis Roberts, like the White Sox, just extended him to a big-time deal when he hasn't even played in a Major League game yet. Vladdy has already been to the Major Leagues. He's already basically played a full season. He played 123 games last year. And 
he also comes from a rich family because his dad made millions and millions of dollars when he played professional baseball. Plus, Vladdy knows his value. Like, don't get it twisted. Vladdy knows he's going to get paid regardless of whether he's at third base, first base, outfield, whatever. He's going to get his millions. But the type of deal that he receives will will determine what will be determined by what position he's playing cuz a contract for a third baseman and a first baseman in today's game completely different. You absolutely do not overpay for a first baseman in today's game, but for an an elite third baseman, absolutely you overpay. The Rockies did it last year with Nolan Arenado, and that has kind of hindered their entire payroll in being competitive. And now we're probably going to look at Nolan Arenado being dealt sometime either this season or next winter. But I'm not saying Vladdy's going to turn into Nolan Arenado, but he has the potential to be an elite third baseman, even though his defense is atrocious right now. What he does at the plate has potential to be an elite level. And if he can be an average fielder, then he will be an elite third baseman. Not in the same conversation that Nolan Arenado or Matt Chapman are, or even maybe Chris Bryant, but we'll see. There's a lot of time for things to change in that department. Um, But for the sake of this episode, let's say Vladdy stays at third base. And let's say his defense improves to, let's say, an average fielder. And he continues to develop into one of the game's best hitting third basemen throughout the entire league. If that happens, and let's say for the sake of this article it does, Vladdy's going to cash in after the 2025 season. Because that's when he's slated to become a free agent. Right now the Blue Jays have six years of control with him. Same with Kevin, same with Bo. And again, like I said, this isn't going to be the year, or at least the season, that the Blue Jays explore an extension with Vladdy. But next winter, they should probably at least start that discussion. Because you don't want to be in the scenario that the Red Sox were just in, where... I know Vladdy's younger than Mookie Betts, but if Vladdy's in the last year of his deal and he knows he's going to get paid, the Blue Jays may in fact be forced to trade him in that scenario. So it's best to probably look at extending him before we even get to that worst case scenario. Because nobody wants to see Vladdy getting traded in four or five years. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants Vladdy and Bo and Cavan to be the core of this team for many, many years. And they want everyone wants that core to be the big part of the team when we're competitive again. And hopefully that starts in 2020. And hopefully we can at least compete for the division in 2021. <clears throat> now, what would an extension look like for, Vlad- for Vladdy, you may ask? Well... Again, that's a little tricky because of who Vladdy is and where he comes from. And like I said, he comes from a wealthy family and he knows his value. And it's not like the Blue Jays can 
get a extremely team friendly deal because Vladdy's not dumb. Vladdy knows if the Blue Jays lowball him, he's just going to say no, and that will hurt their long-term relationship because ideally, you'd like to get a deal done with this 21-year-old third baseman. <clears throat> Furthermore, we need to have an extension go beyond his arbitration years for it to even make sense because there's no point and paying him more than what he would get in arbitration if you're not going to buy out some free agent years. So if, we were, if the Blue Jays were going to extend Vladdy after this season, it would need to be more for more than five years, preferably seven or eight years. Now, I've already taken the liberty to hypothetically draw up a potential extension for Vladdy. And I based it a little bit off what Ronald Acuna Jr. received from the Braves last year, but also I broke it down so that it would actually be favorable for Vladdy in the long-term run as well. So I determined that the Blue Jays should offer Vladdy an eight-year, $150 million extension next winter. So in that case, the Blue Jays would buy out the last remaining pre-arbitration year that he would have, all four of his arbitration years, plus they would also buy out three years of free agency as well. So you wouldn't have to worry about Vladdy potentially leaving the Blue Jays until his age 30 season. And at that point, you basically get the prime years of his career in Toronto. Now, for the breakdown of his contract, that would mean Vladdy would receive 750k in 2021, which probably a $200,000 raise from what he would probably get from the Blue Jays because that's his final year pre-arbitration. And then during his first year of what would be arbitration eligibility for Vladdy, the Blue Jays would pay him 2.25 million which again, a little bit higher than what he would probably receive in, in arbitration. Really, he would probably receive closer to around a million dollars through through arbitration in his, in his first year. But because you want to buy out those three years, you kind of have to overpay him in his arbitration years for it to make sense for him on his side. And then in 2023, so that would have been his second year of arbitration eligibility, the Blue Jays would pay him $13 million. Now, I know that's a lot, but think back to Chris Bryant. And I know Chris Bryant won the MVP in 2016. His war in 16 and 17 balanced between 6 and 7 war ratings. And that's why he was able to get that jump in salary from year to year. Hypothetically, though, we're basing this off the fact, this contract off the fact that Vladdy's going to ball out in 2020, 2021, and 2022. So over the next three years, this contract would mean, or at least hope, that Vladdy is going to produce somewhere around a five or a six war rating each in each of those years. If he doesn't, then the Blue Jays are seriously overpaying him. And that's the risk you take when you're extending these young players. 
But since Vladi is such an unusual case, probably a safe bet in saying he's going to ball out, at least at the plate in 2020, 2021, and 2022. So at $13 million, if he's producing a five or a six war, that's a, that's a bargain. And then the following year, in 2024, his salary would rise by $5 million, so that would be $18 million in, his, in what would be his third year of arbitration eligibility. And then, in 2025, which would have been the final year of his rookie contract, the Blue Jays would pay him $26 million. Now again, that might seem like a lot of money, and it probably, again, is an overpay from what he would receive in arbitration. But, again, you got to think about, we need to buy out three years of free agency. So you have to pay, overpay a little bit when he still would have been in his arbitration eligibility years. Now, 2026, that would be the first year Vladdy is eligible for, for free agency. The Blue Jays would pay him $28 million. So, that's an underpay, hypothetically, from what he would probably get through free agency if he balls out as a third baseman. Because really, the going rate for an elite third baseman right now is $30 plus million. You look at Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado. Both of those guys are making over $30 million for the 2020 season. So if you think about it, for Vladdy's age 27 season, he could easily demand 30 plus million as a free agent. So we get a little bit of a break on that year. And then 2027, the Blue Jays would then pay him 30 million, which is still below market value, but it keeps Vladdy happy because he's making 30 million, which is close to what other elite third basemen are making. And then in the final year of his deal, which would be his age 29 season, the Blue Jays would pay him $32 million. Now this contract, you know, again, like I said, it's not going to be an extremely team-friendly deal. And because Vladi who is who he is, you're not going to get a team, an extremely team-friendly deal from him. You're not going to get a deal like the Braves got with Acuna or Albies. It's just not going to happen. Vladi's received too much hype throughout his minor league career and his professional career in the majors to make him sign a deal that extremely underpays him. I just don't see that happening. Vladi is not someone who's going to be desperate for money to sell out his future to get money now. It's just not going to happen. Although, the Blue Jays could get away with that and probably will get away with that if they choose to with Kevin Biggio. Because right now, Kevin Biggio is going to be entering his age 25 season. And he won't be eligible for arbitration until after the 2022 season. So really, if the Blue Jays wanted to, they could ride Kevin Biggio all through pre-arbitration, all through his three years of arbitration, and not giving him and not even think about giving him an extension until he's in the final year of his deal, which would be his um, the 2022 
2025 season, which again, same year as Vladdy. But again, they don't need to do that because by that time, Kevin will already be 30. And because the Blue Jays' prospect system is absolutely loaded with middle infielders, really, if the Blue Jays wanted to, they could let Kevin Vigio walk if he turns into a superstar and wants somewhere around high 20s or high 30s per year. They could let him walk and replace him with someone who's younger, cheaper, and produces a, a similar product um, uh, and, and produces very similar to him. But again, we have the Blue Jays have so many years to decide that to, to decide how they want to handle Kevin Vigio. There's absolutely no need to give him an extension this year, next year, or even two years from now. So really. If they want to give Vladdy that eight-year, $150 million extension next winter, while they won't save much money on Vladdy's deal, they could save a ton of money by just utilizing Kevin Biggio through the pre-arbitration and arbitration process. Now with Bo Bichette, the Blue Jays may have a similar situation that the Toronto Maple Leafs just faced with their young players. And for those of you who don't follow hockey, I'll explain this to you. So, last summer, the Blue Jays had a, or not the Blue Jays, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a little bit of a dilemma involving their one of their young superstars, Mitch Marner. Now, Mitch Marner, from what the report said, wanted to be one of the highest paid players in the entire league. And while he still is that now, he wanted somewhere like $12 million per year. Now, for baseball, that's nothing. But for hockey, you would be the second highest paid player in the, in, in the entire league. Because right now, Connor McDavid's the highest paid player at $12.5 million. Which, if you think about it, that's crazy. But because the Leafs already handed Willie Nylander, one of their other really good hockey players a really expensive contract and then they gave Austin Matthews an extremely expensive contract they then had to also pay Mitch Marner a lot of money and they overpaid for him now if the Blue Jays don't sign Vladdy to an extension like an eight-year 150 million dollar deal and they wait until say his third year of arbitration eligibility and then they try and lock him up Whatever they give Vladdy, they'll probably have to give a similar amount to Bo. So if they overpay for Vladdy when he's in his second or his third year of arbitration, they'll have to do the same thing for Bo Bichette. Because you can't overpay for one of your superstars and then have your other superstar be like, ah, no, no, it's okay, I'll take less. No, 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 no. He's going to want to be treated the same way that you just treated Vladdy. So the Blue Jays have to be a little bit creative with that. So if they sign Vladdy to an eight-year, $150 million contract extension next winter, then maybe after the 2021 season, they could do the same thing to Bo Bichette. And again, slightly overpay for his arbitration years, but then underpay market value on his free agent years. 
and that would likely keep both sides happy. And you have Vladdy and Bo on the left side of your infield for many years to come. And you're still saving so much money on Cabin Biggio. And because Bo Bichette also comes from a wealthy family, he also received a ton of hype through his minor league career, you're not going to get him to sign a deal like the Braves got Ozzy Albies or even Ronald Acuna Jr. at eight years, $100 million, and seven years, $35 million for Albies, which is crazy that Alex Anthopoulos pulled that off. But here we are. So, you know, it's, it's going to be complicated whenever the Blue Jays decide to start handling contract extensions with Vladdy and Bo. Again, they probably don't really ever have to deal with an extension with Cavan if they don't want to. But with Vladdy and Bo, they have to be very, very careful. Because if they overpay for one guy, they're going to have to overpay for the other guy. And they're not going to be able to underpay both of them, at least not on their arbitration years, because they're just too smart financially to take that sort of deal. But until next winter, we just got to be hopeful that their production levels, Vladdy and Bo, continue through the 2020 season. And hopefully, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are smart enough that they won't wait this period out and they won't wait until Vladdy and Bo are in their arbitration years to try and extend them. Because they get to that point, you're going to be seriously overpaying for both players. And with a team that is owned by Rodgers, who does not like to hand out crazy expensive contracts to players, it's probably not going to end up in a positive situation for Toronto's fan base and really for their overall team's success as well. So that does it for this week's episode. I hope uh, a lot of you are staying safe out there and are public distancing yourselves from everyone else. You know, we, we got to stay inside as, as much as that sucks. We can't be going out in public. We have to practice social distancing. So hopefully all of you will join me again when I record my next episode next weekend. But until that time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. Thanks for listening.